When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Master Your Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Henderson. We have a special guest today, a good friend of mine, Jake Thompson, founder of Compete Every Day. He's a speaker, author, a performance coach, and what he calls, I love this, he's a CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer, JT, the real JT. What's up, brother? What's up, man? Glad to hang out with you today. Good to see you. Yeah, so I was on, on Jake's podcast about a month ago. We got to meet in Nashville for coffee while he was speaking to a college and some other businesses on all the stuff that he does. But uh, as we can start, maybe give us an insight on what you're doing now. Yeah, now, uh, best way I do it is I kind of laughed offline. I am focused on helping ambitious people be equipped and encouraged to go win. Because there's a lot of people that want to win, they want the trophies, but there's not that many people that want to do the work. And so the ones that are courageous enough to risk failure and do the work, I just want to find a way to support them. So whether that's speaking programs or my book, podcast, or just encouraging apparel, that's the route, man. Every day, new opportunity to hopefully lift someone up. And I love your voice, by the way. I can listen to you talk all day. So right now, uh, Jake is in Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. But give us like the backdrop. Give us like, who are you as a, a kid? Man, scrawny, scrappy little brat, probably. Only child. So I had some of those characteristics. Smaller athlete. So for me, like competition from day one was it because I was never going to be bigger, stronger, or faster than everyone else. So I had to outwork them and outsmart them. And that just kind of stuck with me. Uh, you know, my dad had me, he had a small chain of gas stations in East Texas. So from the age of seven, I would say on, I was working in the stores on weekends, on Saturdays, doing the work. And so I was, I was getting to see firsthand building things and what building things could look like and, and why hard work was so important. And I got to see the opposite of what it would look like when you didn't work hard. Uh, because, you know, in, in that industry, you have some great employees that are with you for life. And then you have folks that just don't show up one day because they didn't feel like they wanted to work and somebody else gets screwed and thrown into it. So I got a really cool upbringing in that sense of really understanding the importance of hard work. I didn't quite get it outside of sports until I was a little bit older. Uh, but yeah, I grew up in a traditional Friday, lights, Friday night lights town in East Texas of 13,000 people with aspirations to play on Friday nights and, and be around sports the rest of my life. That's pretty cool. Now give us after, I guess, school, maybe tell us what you did at school. And then like what after, I remember being in college and after college, like, what the heck am I going to do? You know, so that, that wasn't my thinking at first. Uh, I actually knew like going into college, I was going to be a sports agent. I wanted to be the next Jerry Maguire. Like I was focused my friends knew it. I could read stats off guys from like tiny little schools everywhere. Like I just studied it got an opportunity to intern, had two opportunities for an internship my junior year of college. One of them was in Chicago, uh, could not afford to live downtown Chicago for two months on an unpaid internship. Uh, so I took the one in Texas with a guy 
ended up working my junior, senior year, helping build databases, recruit guys, went immediately into grad school to get my master's because the NFL changed their regulations that year to where you needed a law or an MBA degree to be certified. And then two weeks left in grad school after meetings with clients, one particularly that just like crushed my spirit. I was like, I don't think I want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, this is not what I thought it would be. It was a combination of, I, I wasn't working with the right individual um, that was best long-term for me. It was the emotional roller coaster of recruiting guys, getting to know guys, and then either them breaking up with you, you having to break their spirits of like, you're not going to get drafted and, and just emotional immaturity on my side for that. And, and so I got out two weeks left to grad school, finished grad school, got my MBA 2008, the economy sucked uh, and I couldn't get a job. Couldn't get a job at Best Buy part-time because holiday staffs were full and everybody looked at my resume and was like, well, you have an MBA, but you have this really weird work experience uh, between the agent life and some internships with, with some pro teams and stuff. And so I just started freelancing. I, I taught myself basic graphic design on the side, basic website, WordPress, it was like, I can do enough with social media that most people don't have a clue what's going on. So let me teach some folks and just started word of mouth hustling. How can I help your company? Here's what I can do well. Here's who I can connect you with and built a consulting business for a handful of years until really the itch to build something on my own and, and make a bigger impact than just my bank account started to play in and, and compete started to be born. Let's talk about this brand, compete every day. Listeners, I'm rocking. Um, Jake sent me this dope gray with a white block letters compete every day it looks fresh it looks clean let's just talk about that how, how you start that and what what those words mean yeah so for me at the time i was really stuck with this consulting and i read a book by donald miller that's called a million miles in a thousand years and the book just like blew my mind because i i grew up grew up in a, a very strict religious family got kind of away from my faith after high school into college for a few reasons. My best friend was killed in a car wreck uh, next door neighbor, like right after we graduated. Uh, I was going into college and I just like faith was on the back burner. And there were some really cool people in my life that kind of poured into me that kept the door open in a lot of areas. And I remember focusing on career like this was the most important thing to me at the time. And I read Miller's book. And it's all about the power of story and the story our lives are telling us. And I looked at what I was doing and thought, man, I'm creating a really cool sandcastle. And like all sandcastles, once I'm gone, it's going to wash away. And I'm doing nothing to make a better story or to make an impact. And so I started trying to toy with this idea of what would it look like if an individual stopped being complacent or passive in their health, faith, dreams, goals, relationships, careers, all of that, and started going on the attack every day. And just trying to claw inch and claw and scratch just a little bit of progress out. And so I had this, this concept I was playing with. I called it stacked at first with like faith, health, dreams, relationships, and, and trying to toy with it. And I'm on a ski trip with two buddies. And I was like, what do you guys think about this idea of competing every day? Like compete every day against you. It's you on you every day. Like every day you find a way to win, which means you get a little bit of progress. And both the guys were like, man, that is it. Like, that is you. That is your personality. That, that's a cool message. I didn't have a clue what to do with it. I spent like six to eight months rebranding like my consulting, trying to do some 
nonprofit sports camps. Like I was just trying to fit it somewhere and it wasn't clicking. And my best friend, he was my roommate at the time said, you want to look at apparel. He said, there's a company out of Boston called life is good. So funny enough, their mascot is a stick figure named Jake. He said, I think you should try shirts because people love to wear messages that empower them. So I was like, why not? I had money set aside. So put money into a few boxes of t-shirts and tanks, printed this hideous CED compete everyday message on it, started selling them out of the trunk of my car behind a CrossFit gym in Dallas and just talking to anyone's ear off I could about what would it look like in your life if you showed up and competed against yourself instead of worrying about everyone else. And little by little, people started to buy into the message and, and it started to grow. Man, I'm writing some notes. That, that's a great question. Listeners, can you ask that question again? Like, I want us to, like, master mindset. We're, we're about the mind gym, man. It's about applications, about going deep, about lifting that mental, emotional weight to build strength. What was that question again? About, yeah, what would it yeah, look yeah, like yeah. to compete against yourself instead of worrying about everyone else? Like, there's a time and a place for comparison, like that measuring stick a little bit. But like, it's very few and far between. And it's really used to learn how we bridge the gap a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Most of us, though, make the mistake of living our entire life in comparison and trying to compete against other people that are running entirely different races. And I mean, even after I started the company, that was still a struggle of mine of, of looking at other companies and other groups. And, you know, it wasn't until years later that I was like, they're doing something completely different than what I want to do. Why am I trying to compete against them when we're not even running at the same finish line? Mm -hmm. And that was just it. It's like every day you can do something a little bit better. You can't do a whole lot better every single day in every area, but every day you can do a little bit better. And it gives yourself a benchmark on which to grow off of. Yeah. I'm just going to just rattle off some ideas and thoughts and it. quotes. Um, this is from Plato. He says, the first and greatest victory is to conquer self. There are two pains in life, the pain of regret and the pain of hard work, digging deep. Um, I also like to say, you're the problem. You're also the solution. So how do we compete every day to, to be our best? Like, what, what, is, what does that look like? Yeah, so the, the first, you have to identify what's the baseline. It's like everywhere. You got to know where you are right now. What, what goals are you achieve, or trying to achieve? Where are you sitting? And, and honestly, just kind of the five columns, like in your career, where are you at and where do you want to go in your relationship, whether your marriage, family, you're single, like where are you at? Where do you want to go? Health wise, where are you at? Where do you want to go? Once we establish the baseline, then we have to look at our goal and evaluate. Is it an easy goal? Is it a challenging one? If it's an easy goal, that's probably not a goal worth pursuing. We want something challenging that's going to press us that we might fail going after. Because the beauty of competition is you don't win every time. And on the times you fall short, you discover what the gap is between where you are now, where you want to go, and you learn something and you apply it the next goal. So we have to set that challenging goal. Then we have to go after it. That challenging goal, we break it down into teeny tiny bites every single day. From a health perspective, man, if you want to lose weight, what's the easiest way to do it? It's to plan your meals for the day and to move 20 to 45 minutes a day. Go on a run, go on a walk, lift some weights. Like that's it. It's not overly complicated. Watch what you eat, plan what you eat, and move every day. And so you set the goal, you set the challenging goal, you focus on what you're going to do every day. And then when you hit that goal or you fall short, you have to assess it. It's crazy of us that every time we fail, we fall short, we either quit and go chase something else. Or we just try again without stopping to assess, what did I learn? Where can I get better? What did I do well? Like all of the pieces that help us better compete. We do it in sports. 
we practice, we prepare for the game, we play the game after the game, whether we won or whether we lost, we watch the game tape to say, what do we do well? What do we build on for next week? Gives us marks. But in life, we don't do that. So competing against yourself, you got to know where you are, where you're going, and then every day showing up. And the beauty of why I love competing every day over like win, win every day. Like I tell people, I want you to win today, but I know you're not going to because we don't win every day. And on the days we fall short, are you willing to get back up and go again? Are you willing to get back up and compete again? Will you keep fighting even after things don't go your way for a season? Yeah, it's good. And I, and I like to teach the, the acronym WIN. WIN stands for what's important now. Yep. If your focus is on the W, the outcome result, that's out of your control. Focus on the I-N, what's in my control. Be in the present moment. Be all in on effort and attitude. Absolutely. So let's just talk about why are we stopping ourselves, man? That's so good. It's not the environment or your boss or your past. Maybe it is your past, but you're still holding on to it. Yep. Like, like, why are we so stuck on making excuses? And like, we are stopping ourselves. Like, I stopped myself. Like, I've like moving moving to Nashville. Well, I've had an awakening. Like, I need to step it up as a father, as a husband. I need to do more. Like, it was. It's been a, such a blessing to just learn. But like, why are we stopping ourselves? Comforts, comforts the enemy. It's the sweetest sound. It's the sweetest feeling. You know, there, there's a number of things we can talk about. There's the comfort side. There's the fear of what other people think. There's the fear of failure. There is the uncertainty. Our brain hates uncertainty. We hate not knowing it. And so that's why most people stick to their comfort and their complacency because they at least know it versus something beyond that. I mean, all of us at some point or another, we know what we should be doing. We tell ourselves internally what we should be doing, but we don't do it. And, and I think ultimately at the very core base of all of that, it just comes down to the internal stories we tell ourselves. And if we're, if we're not intentional with the story we tell ourselves, we're not telling ourselves a good one. And if we're not actively working to change and redirect that story toward a more productive one, we're not helping ourselves. And, and so you talk about moving, you y'all could, y'all could have made the decision not to move. You could have told yourself a hundred different stories about why you should stay. Even though you knew we need to move, this is better for our family. This is better for long-term. You could have told yourself a ton of different stories and then justified that. But what you would have been left with at the end is that thing we talked about regret because the feeling and the burden of regret is always heavier than the burden of failure. The burden of regret will haunt you forever. The mm -hmm. burden of failure, you can shake it off and get going. It sucks. It's never fun in the moment, but it's like the idea of an athlete leaving the field at the end of a game. Like you walk off the field, regardless of what the scoreboard says. And if you know, you gave everything in the off season in practice in preparation for that game with film. And then on performance day, you had nothing in the tank. You gave everything. Yeah. It sucks if you lost, but you can walk off confident that you had nothing left. What haunts you is when you know, you didn't work out that hard in the off season, when you weren't paying attention in film sessions, when you might've taken a playoff in the game and you lost. Because you're going to stare at that scoreboard for the rest of your life and say, what if I'd give him my best? And mm -hmm. we do the same thing in life mm -hmm. That's it. to the end. And we carry the burden that, man, what if I'd give him my best? And so that's what makes me so passionate is like, mm -hmm. I don't want people to get to the end with that regret. I don't care if you're starting at 55 or you're starting at 15. Like mm -hmm. today's the day, day one, let's yeah. go That's it. show up and get after it. it. It's the start that stops most people. But let me just riff on this whole, let's why we stop, stop myself. I've just, we're having a conversation. I'm thinking, I'm processing, I'm trying to, to clarify for myself and for the listeners. So uh, what I think the number one reason why we keep stopping ourselves is this word, 
patterns. We have these patterns of behavior, patterns of thinking, and, and the brain is designed to conserve energy. It doesn't want to yep. break patterns. It, it wants to just go on this subconscious autopilot and up to 97% of our actions are controlled by the subconscious. So that's part one. So you have a, a, a pattern or a habit of losing, of winning, of making excuses, of being, or the opposite of like competing, finishing, being of service. Um, but I really think, so patterns is like the big thing, but the second thing is like just a lack of ownership. It's, it's so easy to, to someone else can do it or someone else do it, or it's, it's too hard or make excuses or, or blame. So I think we really need to, to take ownership. Um, I think that's one of the biggest struggles in society right now as a whole. Most people I agree. want to take ownership. Well, well you're going to always stop yourself if you're blaming other people. Yeah. It's really, it's you, but you, you, you shift the blame towards others and you will forever lose that battle. Well, that's, the, this, I want to, I yeah. want to, I want to jump on that because yeah. that's the one thing I love to talk about of like, when you always blame other people, you never see opportunities for you to get better. You never see, because it's never your fault that you fell short. It's never your fault you didn't succeed. There's nothing yeah. on you. And so you remove any opportunity to reach your true potential and find out to what you're actually capable of because you never look in the mirror. Even, even if you contributed 0.01% to that situation, you still contributed something to it. How can you take ownership of that? How can you develop? How can you go get better? Yeah, and there's 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 two concepts in the mental game. One is from Carol Dweck, growth mindset, fixed mindset. Yep. Fix is I am who I am. You don't want feedback. You don't want to be challenged. Growth is bring it. I can grow. I get validation and effort instead of instead of outcomes. The, the other one I want to talk about to listeners is this phrasing, locus of control. There's external and there's internal. If it's external, the world happens to you. You believe in things like like luck and chance. But if it's internal, it's like it starts with me. I have the power. My, my choices, my actions, my success, it, it comes down to me. Take the ownership. So, But the third one I want to jump on is, do we have so many blind spots? How many blind spots I have? You have a shit ton of yeah. blind spots probably too. All day. All so, day. so I think a lot of people are, are so insecure to get feedback. Oh, yeah. Would you agree? I think feedback, um, I'm trying to do better at this, whether it's through therapy or your spouse or through your, your colleagues or your friends, like seeking feedback and be open to not take it personal, but like, that's great growth mindset. I want to learn. I want to get better, right? Would you say a lot of people have a shit ton of blind spots and they're not getting feedback? Yeah, and, or I would say they're getting feedback from the wrong people. They're not intentional with who they're seeking feedback from. Like I, my speaker coach, Michael, when we were working together, he was so adamant about being incredibly intentional about who you seek feedback from when you're on stage and specifically what you want feedback for. He's like, don't let just any audience member come up and say something. Because they don't know. They don't right? know. They don't know everything yeah. that went into it. And he said, yeah. they will plant a seed in you that will just haunt and gnaw at you. And wow. it's not That's like good. they mean to That's do good. bad harm to you, but they're going to say something that they didn't get or they didn't see correctly or it didn't come out the way that you wanted it to with them specifically. And it's going to gnaw at you and it's going to stay in the back of your head the next time you're performing versus, hey, you're a fellow speaker. I see you're here at this event. Like I did that. I was speaking in Atlanta, big keynoter. He's Hall of Fame. He does a million dollars a year on stages. And I was like, hey, I saw you're going to be at the schedule. You speak right after me. Are you going to be in my session? If you are, would you like give me feedback on X, Y, and Z? Like you're a pro. Like I would love some honest conversation around it. Intentionally asking what I wanted feedback for. And from someone who had been there That's and great. who knows it. And I think 
it's like our friendships. I don't think a lot of us are intentional with the people we spend most of our time with. And then we wonder why it's always kind of awkward and uncomfortable for us to grow, for us to listen to podcasts like this, to, to spend time, you know, reading your content when, man, none of our friends are consuming Colin's content. They're like scrolling memes and funny accounts all day and trolling people. And we look around and we think, well, we're the anomaly in our circle. We're going to go and do crazy things and succeed. But what's going to happen is our circle is going to pull us back. Because if you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you're the only one chasing growth and greatness and doing awesome things, you're not going to pull the four up. The four are going to pull you back until that life of comfort. So I think the intentionality with feedback, I think everyone 100% should be required to read the book, Think Again by Adam Grant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My, my blowing book this year, but it talks mm -hmm. about knowing what you don't know and being open to feedback. Or, how do or, or challenging People say it's it's done this way or do it this way. Yeah. It's like, well, really? Well, really? Let's just kind of reevaluate that. How about this? Can you go back? What did that yeah. speaker say to you? Like, what type of feedback? Did, did he or she so, yeah. stay and give you feedback? Yeah, he did. He sat through the whole session. Uh, he's awesome. I'm going to wow. give him a shout out. Waldo Waldman, uh, Air Force pilot. Like, guy is a stud. And Waldo and I had had some a couple of awkward interactions prior at national speaker events. And it wasn't any fault. It was just... A couple of questions I had, and we weren't on the same page. And so when he was at this event, we had a call prior. He's super kind. He knew I was younger in the industry. And so afterwards, he's like, yeah, he's like, man, you, you tell amazing stories. He said, your content's on point. He said, maybe in the intro, I would work on getting to one of the points, you know, within the first six minutes, you were about at like minute 10 to 11 with this. And then he was like, you know, the room was really, it was a really awkward setup on the room. He said, so your voice, he said, I could tell you were trying to ride it up and down, but he said, when you don't have a mic and you're in a larger room, he said, it's really hard because if you go too quiet, you lose the people in the back of the room. And he's like, so the next time you have a mic, just be very cognizant of how your voice is getting louder and softer when you've got that extra control. And then he was like, you just need to be charging more. <laughs> and that was it point blank. He was like, you, you need to be charging more than what you got paid for this. So he was awesome. And he and I still talk every now and then we'll trade messages and, and text messages and stuff. And so, uh, but he was a guy I was hundred percent. Okay. Going to, or having one of my coaches or friends that I trained with going through the same program of like, Hey, listen, I redid some of my copy and content. I'm kind of questioning this paragraph. What do you think on this? And then I'm saying eh, that kind of sucks. I don't really get this piece or like, you need to dive more into this. Like there's something here. And so I'm super intentional with it. And I learned that from a guy named Jeff Woods. He runs the one thing actually for Gary Keller and Jay Papazan. If you've ever read the book, the one yeah. thing yeah. Jeff runs their program in Austin. He ran a podcast for years called the mentee. And he talked about, he looked around his circle and he wanted to be a business owner one day, he wanted some freedom. He was highly successful in sales. And he was like, nobody I know is doing what I'm doing. I know a bunch of people in medical sales. I know a bunch of people that are good dads, but like nobody's doing what I want to do. I need to go put myself in those rooms with people who are doing the things I want to do so I can get feedback from them so I can learn. And that's what he started the mentee podcast. And I've asked him about it. He said, I, I didn't cut out the old relationships. I just stopped going to my friends that I would see all the time and ask them business question, or if their marriage was struggling, why would I ask parenting or marriage questions? Like, I need to find people that are doing it really well and be intentional with the people I ask advice and feedback from and be okay. Understanding who I am is not the feedback you're giving me. How I'm doing something is the feedback you're giving me. And if it's how I'm doing something, I can improve that. 
So mm-hmm. give me the honest feedback on what I'm doing. So I know how to do it better. You think about playing QB, a guy like Russ Wilson, like if he wasn't getting feedback on footwork and reading defenses all of his career, he wouldn't have gotten really good at it, but he got good at it because he would do it. He might do it wrong or he just said coach would give him feedback and he would understand this isn't about me. This is about how I'm playing the position, how I'm reading the defense. So if there's a better way to do it, how can I do it better? That's good. I think people take the outcome so so personal. Like, like it, it reflects on it reflects on who they are as a person, like their value to others. Uh, you mentioned some. You, you mentioned a person like Michael, who is your coach on how to how to speak, how to impact, how to how to carry a message. You know. So first of all, that's cool that you did that. How many people do that? They want to you know learn a profession. They hire a coach, and we have a lot of salespeople on that check into this podcast. We have a lot of coaches, leaders. For a coach or leader, you're speaking all the time, and so it's like, why wouldn't uh, salespeople, coaches, leaders, managers get trained on how to effectively communicate and share a message, right? So maybe oh. give us some in- give us some insights on what what led you to that, and then all the stuff that you've learned thus far. It's probably a lot of stuff, but maybe you can pull out the yeah. best stuff, the you best know, stuff. If we're not getting coached, we don't really want to be great. We don't. Because if you want to be great, you're happy being coached. Like you embrace, you want it. Doc Rivers said, you know, average players don't want to be coached. Good players want to be coached. Great players want the truth. They want that honest feedback. They want that coaching. And so if you want to be good at something, we've got to be be okay getting coached and not think like just because I have a coach means I'm not very good. It means just because you have a coach, it means you want to be great. So for me, I didn't even know I wanted to be a speaker at that time. I read Michael's first book, Book Yourself Solid, that's still phenomenal to this day on building a a referral consulting business. And I saw him at Social Media Marketing World in San Diego in 2016, like spring. And I watched him work the room. And it's like, man, Colin, it's like watching you coach through your people. Like, you know, people that have put in the work and can teach the concepts. Like the way you use phrases with the folks, your quick liners that are so easy to remember. Like, it's like watching that where the light goes off on people. And I'm sitting in the audience watching Michael do this. And I'm like, this guy's it. Like, if I want to go down this path, this guy's it. At the same time, my team has been adamant to me of like, we print on shirts like a lot of other companies. We sell t-shirts like a lot of other companies. Like the mission for you has always been about teaching people and helping people learn how to compete against themselves. Like, that's it. So you need to talk about it. You need to go teach. You need to speak more. Like that's the direction the company needs to go. And so I was like, okay, if this is it, this, if this is the guy, I looked at what their conference was running in October, pretty expensive ticket for an event, but, and I had another one before it, but I was like, screw it. I'm going to go. If, if I want to at least explore this path, I got to go to this conference. Took a red eye from another event in Vegas. I get into Florida. It was in Fort Lauderdale that year. I'm dead tired, didn't sleep on the plane, grab my coffee, go in, miss the opening session. So I'm in the breakout and I sit down at this table, not paying any attention to who's at the table. And I start watching the breakout session and I look around the table and it's like New York times bestseller, very big online person, like people with successful businesses that speak on stages that have large audiences and they're taking notes fast and furiously. And I'm like, if these guys are this dialed in and this, this is for real, this isn't a scam. This isn't just, I saw a magic show. Like if these guys are here to learn, like this is it. Learned a ton that weekend in terms of just creating content, blocking. It's a lot of the content he talks about in his book, steal the show. 
that is a no-brainer for anyone from interviews to presentations to first dates to giving a keynote. Like the process is there because he looks at it from the acting side. You write the script, you table read the script, you get on your feet, you work on blocking, you practice, you do dress rehearsal, then you perform. Like it's not that, hey, put a, a PowerPoint slide together, get up and read the slides that we do because it's easy. It's you create a performance for the audience because that's what they want is an experience. So we learned of this. So I, I, we finished the conference. They make the offer for their, their mastermind program. It's a four month, five month, four to five day at a time in Philadelphia. It's a high intensive. They called it grad school because you're literally eight in the morning to like four or five in the afternoon, working on content, working with coaches. You're going through the process to get your talk done. And it was the largest investment I'd ever made in me at that point. And I saw it and said, I'm going to do it because if this is the route I want to go, this is how I'm putting skin in the game. Like this is all land right here. Because if I'm putting this type of money in, it means I need to go earn this type of money on stages and make the investment worth the development. And the personal side of going through the process was mind blowing and just getting to grow with this group. There were 15 of us in there. And then there were like six mentors who had done it the year before and were going back. And so going through that process was the biggest one. But the things that I've always learned that I learned from that, that'll always stay with me. is when you're on stage, it's not about you. When you're making a sales call, it's not about you. It's about the person you're trying to help. So when I'm on stage, a lot of people freak out. It's, you know, what number one biggest fear ahead of dying is, is speaking in public. For me, I don't worry about what I sound like, what I look like, because I prepare like crazy for it. But two, when I get on stage, all I care about is how can I help somebody in this audience get better today? How can I give them something that's going to make them better? So that was the first one is that perspective shift and focus shift. Second was the rehearsal process. Like they come at it just like an athlete will in, in the week leading up to a game. Like you were running through it. You were practicing. You were on your feet moving. Things that I never would have even considered prior to working with these guys. And like treating what? it like just the importance of script out your talk. I mean, I scripted a talk and I would read through it to try to rehearse it, but I never thought about where I was standing on a stage and blocking. I never worked. Now, when you say blocking, is that like a, a stage term? Yeah. So that's, so blocking is a theatrical term. So Michael's background is actually acting. He was on sex in the city, like Pelican brief had a ton of roles in the nineties. And so he teaches keynoting, performing, interviewing from a theatrical standpoint, just like you would, if you were going to read for the new game of Thrones series, like same process, write the script, work through the content script, get on your feet, practice your blocking. You're going to be on this side of the stage for this story. And you're going to move to this side for this story, practice your storytelling practice how you're going to work your voice, practice how your body, like all of the pieces that an actor would do, Michael does that and teaches that for the business side. And because at the end of the day, workshops, we're diving into content. We're usually an hour and a half to three hour time frame. We're getting into specifics. But keynotes, keynotes are interesting because when somebody hires you for a keynote, they, you have to do a couple of things. The first is you have to talk to the entire room. And when I say the entire room, you have the entry-level employees all the way to the CEO. Those audiences want very different takeaways. The entry-level to lower-level managers, they want something practical that they can apply tomorrow to their work. They need an actionable takeaway. The CEOs and C-suites, yeah, they want the takeaway, but they want to know, can you impact the mindset and thinking that we do within our organization? Can you challenge us to see the world and how we do business differently? 
And so you have to talk to both of those groups in a keynote and you usually have 45 to 60 minutes. So you've got to take them kind of on an emotional experience. You've got to make them laugh a little bit. You've got to challenge how they think, but you have to do it in a way that connects with them. You don't tell them they're wrong. You don't admit, you know, you don't try to say, hey, you're wrong. You got to look at it this way. You take them on a journey to open their eyes to what could be a little bit differently. So it is a experience you create. And that was another piece that was mind blowing to me that just, I didn't realize because I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, and, and so that, that was a big one for me going through it. And the one thing I'll never forget about the program is I remember kind of about halfway through. And, and at this point, you're mired in the content. And, and you're working through your keynote and you're kind of at the point where like everyone goes to it. Like, am I really good at this? Like this talk sucks. Like, do I have what it takes? Like all of those voices. And I remember asking Michael once of like, I don't like, I don't get it. Like, I don't have this crazy story that an Eric Thomas has, or, you know, Lewis house talks about, or, you know, Mel Robbins, like these big quote, motivational speakers. Like I don't have that story. And Michael looked at me and he said, how many people in your audience do you think have? And I was like, 5%. He said, yeah, maybe. He said, but what can they relate to? Almost getting a divorce, struggling through a divorce, trying to raise kids, feeling like you're always busy and you're never getting better. Uh, the day-to-day -day challenges of everything outside of your control. Everything that you can talk to, they can relate to. So quit worrying about what you don't have in terms of your story. And just focus on telling effective stories that are going to help them. And that was the wake up man for me. And, and that honestly, that helped me from a business standpoint. That helped me from a life standpoint, because it was very clearly now, like, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is where I suck. This is where I'm getting better. This is where I'm always going to be a work in progress. Let's go. How can I help you get better? And I owned it and you just run with it. That's it. That's good. So have a plan. I, I see coaches um, for sports teams. I go train them and I get to hang out with them for a practice or a day or a weekend. Coaches waste so much time talking with no intent, no purpose. They just blabble and people stop listening after a few minutes and they're wasting everyone's time. So if you're a manager, sales leader, coach of a sports team, just like you would practice certain things, I guess in sports, you'd have like we call periods in football, like this period, we're going to do this, do that schedule your your when you address a team like have intent that same intent with that when you're a manager like don't just hey guys how are things going uh, numbers numbers no like tell a story give an give an example uh you know just do something engaging ask questions i love that i wrote down it's it is not about you um so i like to know about like what's the next man like what what's the vision like what, what are you what are you working on now like what do you what are you what are you striving what are you striving to do i mean i know you do talked at that event down here in Nashville yeah. area, um, that went well. But like, what areas of focus for you? I mean, you've you've had success now. You got your company. Like, are you trying to get better at certain things, or trying to grow the business, or what? Oh, always, uh, all of the above. I'm always trying to get better at storytelling and and, and teaching. And I have the mentality. Uh, I'm probably always going to have the mentality. I'm confident in what I do well, but I know there's always room for improvement. And and how can I learn from the people out there doing it really well? Um, and I love that. And, and that's why I like, you know, guys like you, uh, you know, guys, John Gordon has a phenomenal model he's built out. Like there's people that 
10, 12 years ago, man, I would have struggled to watch and look at because I would have compared myself to them. And now I'm so free of like, what can I learn? Man, Colin crushes it with his little one-liners that, man, once you hear it, you're like, I get that. I understand that. I get that concept. I can remember that concept in the heat of the battle. Like I can call back to it. Awesome. So for me on the horizon is we started about two years ago, shifting the company from apparel e-commerce to full-on training and development is kind of the way I'm looking at it. And so we still have the apparel, still do the podcast, but really my focus is speaking more and then books and trying to get a book about every two years. Book two's in the pipeline right now, working on it. And so really that's where my focus is because I want to create opportunities to help the people that want to do the work to win. Like that's it. And, and what I want to do along the lines of that is if we do it from a training and development standpoint, man, I can encourage you with a t-shirt. I can probably impact your mindset with a talk or a workshop. We can really do it with the book. You know, we create some other content products and courses and things like that, that help people show up. But then I get to have conversations with, with people like you, with people like our mutual friend, Lauren, Nicole Johnson, or Haley Hughes, or uh, Hannah Hughesman and, and talk people about even Tommy short. I just had on the show, like who can I learn from other people in our network that I can introduce my audience to? Because I'm not worried about like, oh man, all my audience is going to leave me and go hang out with Colin all the time. Or, you know, my, you know, somebody that could have hired me to speak is going to go hang out with Colin. Awesome. Go, go meet all these awesome people that I can vet to help you go be better. And so that's really where I'm trying to grow with us as a company is I've got goals on where I want to get speaking wise. Uh, but I don't really focus on them because I try to focus on the daily process. How many calls am I mm -hmm. making? How many emails am I making? And then just writing every day. And so I, I haven't found a model that's out there like us to really kind of learn from, but I've taken a lot of the work you do, the work John's done in terms of his blueprint model, what he does now. Uh, you know, there's companies like flag nor fail their apparel that crush the apparel game. And so we try to look at all these different units and say, who does it really well? Who can we learn from? And then how do we make our own spin on it? And so that's really it, man. I, I've got a few gigs to finish this year. 2022, we've had some pushovers from the last two years, but uh, kind of like you, man, like we when we had coffee, I'm just ready to dump some more gasoline on this fire and, and help some people that hopefully go out and change the world. Yeah, I love that you're looking at other people to learn from. Uh, I, I love the phrasing, success leaves clues. Why try to, well, why try to just do it without like a, a model? And then I love what you said to, to what I like to joke, I say then say, get a model or a mentor or a system and then be a DJ and remix ever, ever, like twist it to how it feels for you and make it a little different. Um, the rising that, tide raises all ships, man. 100%. The more I learn, the more I push you to be better, the more you push me to be better, the more the people that yeah. we get to serve benefit. Yeah. Okay. I got, I got three more questions. Yeah, let's do it. The, the, the first of the final three is, this is what one of my mentors and coaches, Brian, K, Brian Kane, calls the million-dollar question. Uh, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your, yourself who is like younger, who is either – and maybe pick a, a spot in your life when you needed the, this, this, this advice. 13 or 14, I would have told myself, chase progress, not popularity. I was obsessed with popularity as a kid. I was an only child, a little awkward socially. Like I just wanted to be accepted and liked in the cool crowd. And that developed a fixed mindset in areas of my life that took years to, to break. And I would have told myself every day, just worry about competing and getting better. Like you don't, you're not people you're worried about trying to win popularity contests now. It's not going to matter five years, 10 years, mm -hmm. 20 years, just get better. And popularity 
funny enough, usually takes care of itself when you become pretty good and you start to succeed because everybody wants to know how a winner became one. That's it. Um, this is a phrase that I enjoy sharing. The person with nothing to prove is the most dangerous person in the room. Always. There's a, there's a swagger and a patience and a stillness and you just gravitate because not, I don't need to do something crazy to get likes. I, I like what I have, you know, and I'm going to keep growing and learning. Okay. Question two is, let's just really quick talk about this book. Yeah. Compete every day, the subtitle, but not so secret, secret to winning in your work and life. Now, I, I love it. It's, it's simple. It's clean. It's, it's fresh. Great stories. Great, great actionable steps. Maybe give us a high level overview of this and then you guys go out and get this book. Yeah. So the, the high level, essentially, I looked at having to give a keynote to Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America, and you have kids eight to 18 and 30 to 60 in the audience. And the content that I talked about from a corporate standpoint wasn't going to work. And I was like, what are like seven to eight truths that in little catchphrases, some a kid could remember, but an adult could absolutely relate to. And so I sketched them out. And that was what the book was. When I saw it, I was like, this is the book. I got to scrap everything I'm writing and write this. And it's really the idea of, of what we just talked about remixing. And it's concepts that are timeless. You're, you'll read about stuff that, you know, Dale Carnegie wrote about in how to win friends and influence people. You've heard some of the things Collins talked about today on controlling your controllables. It's all timeless truths. The, the problem is, and the reason I call it not so secret is because we all know them. We all have the ability to do them but most don't because they see it as too easy. It's too simple. That's too straightforward to outwork your talent. What do you mean? Give hundred percent effort. Effort counts more than talent as Angela Duckworth talks about in grit. So how can we talk about it? And so for me, it was outlining seven choices saying, here's some stories to back it up and lack of a better phrase, sell you on the idea of why this is important. And then at the end, I just tried to think through of like someone reading it Every chapter, like, how could you apply this in your career, in your personal life, maybe in your health and fitness? What would this look like? And so the book dives through that, how to outwork your talent, how to never let the hard days win, why leaders are always grooming other leaders, as we talked about today a little bit, all of those key truths. And I try to make it simple so that people that have never read personal development, self-development, leadership, self-help, any of that can pick it up. And it's like a gateway drug for them to say, look at this, these truths. And hopefully after you get this, you'll dive into some other books that have a little more meat on them as well and dive deeper to pursue the path of getting better. And then for people that love it or love sports, like it, we include stories to there's something there for you. It's not just for beginners, but I try to balance that line. So it was really just a way to, to instill a lot of the things I talked about maybe in a different format for folks and, and encourage some people to maybe rethink how they saw competition and how they saw what they did every day. That's exciting. I love it. And I love the, 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 the design of it. It's pretty cool. Um, okay. Last question, man. Uh, and then you can tell us where, where to find you. Tell us how we can master our mindset. Ooh, you just got to practice it every day. It's like every skill. You got to pick something every day that you want to be intentional with and practice it. Maybe it's, it's being mindful today. You, you noticed the last week you're finding yourself worried about tomorrow or stressing about the past and, and replaying the past. So your focus today, I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to be mindful in this moment. Maybe it's to block out distractions and make sure, you know, for this week, what I want to do is be intentional with what I consume on social media, on podcasts, on TV. I'm going to be very thoughtful and intentional with what I put into my mind. 
And so like anything, it's not a change overnight, but it starts to change overnight. And so what we have to do is, is be intentional with what it is, pick the target and then aim at it because hoping we have a better mindset, wishing for it, praying it shows up one day, isn't going to make it. So doing the work will. That's it. Do the work. Okay. So where, where can people order their gear, their, their merch, follow you on Instagram, go to your website. easiest place to go is competeeveryday.com. Everything is going to be there from a hub and it'll kind of spit you out to the podcast or speaking, things like that. And then personally, the place I like to hang out the most is Instagram when it's not shut down. Uh, And that's just Jake Thompson speak. So shoot on over to competeeveryday.com or compete, compete every day on any social. And then if you hear us on the podcast here, send on over to Instagram, shoot me a DM and we'd love to connect with you. Well, JT, the real JT, Jake, I just want to, Say thank you, man. I, I appreciate your heart, your your kindness, your willingness to help and serve. Um, I always learn a ton from you. Uh, got, listeners, I just ordered a new mic and headset and filter. Uh, and Jake, go to this Amazon. Here's one to order. Like, so helpful and so kind. So I just appreciate. It. And then your your heart to grow yourself. Number one, uh, you're, you're you're well read. I love I love hearing people who've been shout books. I love reading to the. I wrote down a bunch of book titles today. So thank you for that. And man, the best is ahead for you. I think you're going to be killing it. I mean, you you are amazing you um you're growing and uh your mission is is, is awesome but uh we end every single episode with this truth the body has limits but the mind is limitless